Good morning, church, online and present. It's good to be here. I bless every one of you. And more importantly, we invite Holy Spirit to come in. Holy Spirit, show up in every way, in every form right now. We invite your presence. We thank you, God, for coming in, arresting our hearts, bringing comfort, bringing joy, bringing your presence. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I count it an honor and a privilege today. I mean, I'm not one that loves to come up to speak, but I know when the Lord's prompting me, and I, I have to do it. The last few weeks, um, different people have spoken on fear and conquering fear. Bill started it when we first came in at 35 people, and then last week, Colt and Vanessa did a great job, too, breaking it down a little bit more. What is that fear? What is that? You know, just so I'm going to give you my, uh, how, how the Lord has dealt with me with anxious thoughts and what I do with anxious thoughts and, and from the Bible, but it's, you're going to go through my personal history. I'm going to give you examples even as we go through the scriptures. So this is very intimate to me because I'm opening up my heart to show you and to tell you, you know, this is how I've dealt with it. Okay, so it's, um, I titled this message, Persevering Prayer, Turning Your Anxieties into Prayers. Um, and um, we'll start with the first scripture, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. This is one that everyone, I, I'm sure, knows. It's, it's, you know, I even went into Home Goods one day, and they actually had a plaque with this scripture. And, of course, I bought it. That was years ago. <laughs> it's like, that's how popular this scripture is. It says... Be anxious for nothing. I mean, right there, you know, okay, God, how do I do that? Okay. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So based on this scripture, it's telling us that the antidote for anxious thoughts, for worry, for perplexing cares and situations is prayer and supplication. If we could turn the urgency of the matter into a conversation with God, with our friend, let the emergency be the impetus that will drive you to prayer instead of staying up at night and worrying and rehearsing, well, how am I going to do this? Or they did this. Or how do I do? Like, just trying to, you know, you, you spin, you know, your wheels spin, your, your mind spins. And the Lord um, is giving us his answer of how to deal with this instead of getting in that loop, that endless loop, take it to him, and prayer is a conversation. Okay, God, I don't know what to do. So, so like you said, but why do I need to do this? Because doesn't he already know? Like he knows everything I'm going through, so why do I need to talk to him about it? Well, the, the, the thing with that is it's our dependency. When we choose to lean into the Lord, when we choose to depend on him, we're saying, God, I need you as my Savior. But doesn't, isn't there a scripture somewhere that says we're co-laboring with him? So if you're co-laboring with him, okay, now if you're in a business and you have a partner that you're co-laboring with, if you're going through something and you're just dealing with yourself, are you really, is that your partner? Are you co-laboring with them? You need to talk to him 
about the situation. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read to you um, what the, that language is in in Greek. Okay, it's like it says, "Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God." All right. It says, um, "This is what it is." Gnorizesto prostonteo, gnorizesto. Okay, that's like, you know, gnorizesto. That word is like get acquainted with, get to know, say it, you know, speak it out, familiarize Jesus with your problem, with your situation. Even though he already knows it, you're co-laboring with him. So as you're co-laboring with him, you've got to tell him, Jesus, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm afraid of. This is what's keeping me up at night. You know, and then it says, with Eucharistia, with thanksgiving. So, in other words, you've got to speak to him, not in accusation. You didn't show up. Where were you? You know, if you were here, Lazarus wouldn't have died. That's not the way. He, this is someone, this is God wanting to co labor with you, wanting to be in the trenches with you, not someone that wants to put you down, someone who is, you know, banking on your success. So when you go to someone like that, you've got to go and you've got to say, God, I don't know what's going on, but thank you. I know you're with me. With thanksgiving, not with criticism, and it just shifts everything. But the biggest thing is, like, when I know he's my daddy, like, uh, if you know me, that's my thing. Like, I just say, oh, he's got me again. He loves me so much. Look how he took care of me. Look how, look what he did for me. This is what I always tell my kids. I think, look what he did for me. He did it just for me. That's the kind of relationship. That's the kind like, you know, when I'm going to meet somebody, it says, like, do you recognize him? Do you know him? You've got to tell him every little bit of that problem. Not just like, okay, well, God, you know I lost my job. I don't know what to do. The rent, and then should I renew my lease? Like, these are real things that people are going through right now in this city. Right? Sound familiar? Okay, so... <laughs> Just commune with the Lord. <laughs> it's renewing your dependence on him. You're leaning on him and not yourself. All right, because, see, if we lean on ourselves and we don't go to him first, we'll make impulsive decisions. We can also act out sinfully, you know, like how many times you want to lash out. All right, take your breath, you know, step back. Jesus, you know, let's get, calm me down. The anger, you know, all that kind of thing. Okay, he wants us calm in the trial, and he will give us that peace that passes all understanding. He will satisfy us. Just take that moment to steal away, and he will, not even a moment. Sometimes it's got to be an everyday thing, even a couple times a day. I know in my own life, like, okay, I could step away, you know, with the Lord, and he just gives me peace for the moment. I'd say, okay, is everything okay right now? Yes, everything's okay right now. Like, he would, I would talk to him, have this thought of, okay, I don't know what you're doing about it right now, but I feel the peace of God now. Okay, I have the peace of God right now. But maybe two or three hours later, the anxious thought could come back, and it could start spinning in my head again. So you got to go through the same process 
all over again. Tell him, talk to him, bring him in, invite him. You are co-laboring with him. It's not for you. Because if you think you're doing it on your own, that means that you may be caught up in a, in a cycle of self-sufficiency. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Because and that's just orphan spirit all the way, you know. And then and then you will be anxious and you will be up all night and, and all those things. You're you're inviting that same you know inner dialogue going on in your head. But he has a better narrative for you. We just got to keep going to him. And and I'm telling you, like there have been times in my life that it must. 12, 20 times a day, you know, I would have to go through the same thing all over again until the peace floods your soul. This is how you get through those anxious times, right? Okay. And, and it's not that they're not real. This is real. And we can't let the enemy get the best of it. So it said, be anxious for nothing. So I, I want him in my process. I want him in every moment of it. And it's life-giving, and it gives us hope, and it gives us help. So, so for all the situations out there right now, it's jobs, apartments, family, home, relationships, physical health, all these things, they're real issues, and God wants to settle our souls. Whoa. Settle, settle it. Settle it. Settle it now. Settle it now. That the way you were responding, don't beat yourself up for the way you were responding. Just settle it now in your heart that you're not going to go there again. You're going to first take it to him. Every anxious thought. Amen. Whoa. Okay. I I'm going to let you into one of the personal situations that really troubled me um, when my kids were growing up, one of my sons was um, experimenting with drugs and doing his own rebellious thing, you know. And so, okay, I turned his bedroom when he was at school into my workroom, you know, the laundry was done in there, everything, but I would also wear his shoes. And his shoes were like a size 12. And <laughs> <laughs> and Elgo's talking about me being short and small. Okay, so I would walk around the whole house with these size 12 shoes on the whole time. He's in school. I'm praying. And now where did I get that from? It's, it's you know, that, that scripture in Joshua where it says wherever your feet go, you know, he's going to give you the land. Well, I'm like, well, I'm taking his shoes. And, and where I go, it's like, you know, and this is what you have to do. You've got to take it. You know, I mean, I, I asked for a pair of the shoes, but I didn't get to see him to get the shoes. So I was going to actually <laughs> make it very alive for you today. <laughs> okay, so I would wear these shoes. I'd fold laundry. It was my, it was my prayer closet. It was, I, I did war. No, it wasn't just. They, they, kids, you know, they make fun of me. They say warrior tongues. The warrior tongues are at it again. You know, so I, was, I would just pray and stay in that place. And then, you know, you get a measure of peace. You get a measure, okay, I know he's on it. But it doesn't mean that the circumstances changed right away. But I, I knew I was logged in to what was going to help. 
Like, I knew the connection. I mean, Juliana said we prayed many times for a lot of crazy things. <laughs> and you know when you're tracking with the Lord. And then all of a sudden you start getting a little bit of confidence. And when you see other parents that are going through struggles and you tell them, well, no, no, you got you to gotta pray. We got to take this to the Lord. You know, here's the bloodline, devil. You can't cross the bloodline in my house. No. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Like, this is, you get like this and then you get this no, this thing inside of you that says, no, we're not going to go down here, you know. And then you start encouraging other people, even though you don't still see the circumstances change, but you have an inner confidence because you're hooked into your co-laboring with the Lord. And... There's, it, then, then all of a sudden you, you, you start becoming the answers to your own prayers. Then you start, I don't know, I feel I'm supposed to join the Sunday school staff or I'm supposed to do young adult ministry or youth ministry. I mean, these are all things we've done. <laughs> Jesus, help us. But, you know, <laughs> do you know why there was the Jesus people movement of the 60s? Do you know why? Because there were so many parents crying out to Jesus, interceding because their kids were strung out on drugs. And God's answer from heaven, the bowls tipped in one moment, and then we have the Jesus people movement. Your prayers are not in vain. They shake everything that can be shaken. You just got to keep staying steady in that course. It's like, I don't know if any of you have seen that, that movie, The War Room, T.D. Jakes had helped to put that out, right? Okay. So it was about a, uh, a couple, a married couple, and they were drifting, and, you know, I think he was being, um, he, he was being uh, tempted into going into an affair. And so, you know, they weren't believers, and then the, the wife gets saved, and the person who's mentoring her is telling, no, you got to pray. you got to pray and bless him. You don't curse, you know, husband, when you, when you see him, you're in his midst. So she turned a closet in her room, in her, you know, in her bedroom, whatever. She turned the closet into the war room. See, my war room was in my son's bedroom. He just didn't know it, you know. <laughs> well, he kind of did because, oh, my God, well, there's so many stories one day. Um, <laughs> thinking of stories, Jesus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and you know what? And then he, he went into ministry just so that, you know, he was in ministry for six years. So that's God answers more. You got to watch what you pray for. Um, <laughs> so this woman in the war room, she turned her closet into a prayer room, into a war room. She had scriptures everywhere. And whenever she saw her husband, what would come out was life-giving words. And it just tenderized and won the heart. But she first went to the Lord, okay? And then along with that is the Bible, all right? And it, we really have to go to the Word of God, right? It says, um, you know, we know the opposite of fear is faith, 
okay? And how do we build up our faith? It says Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And um, it's co-joined. You, you, you need to pray, but you need, you need to read the Bible. I don't want to do a whole message on the Bible. Julianne and I did that a few weeks ago, and we, we did the plumb line, and the plumb line is the word of God. But I encourage everyone here, be rooted in a Bible series program. We're doing a rooted series every week. It's on our email, you know, that there's just a Bible reading plan. You know, just do one on your own. You don't have to be on this one. We're just trying to make it available to you so that you could stay anchored. Your roots could go in the word, right? Because the, the word of God will cause you not to shake and quake when everything is shaking and quaking around us. Okay. Another scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. Without ceasing. <laughs> and didn't Paul say, I thank God I pray in tongues more than you all? That's just another one, too. It's like, there's like, you can do, you can pray driving your car. You can pray walking. You can pray doing laundry. You can pray, <laughs> you know, and, and th there are things, you, it's just a thing. You could just it's a conversation with the Lord. It's he is your partner. Okay. Um, another scripture I want to read about is Luke 12, 29 to 31. I'm going to just uh, look at two different versions on this one. I, I put up the, I don't even know what versions they use, but I, I'm just going to read one version here. I repeat it. Don't let worry enter your life. Live above the anxious cares about your personal needs. People everywhere seem to worry about making a living, but your heavenly Father knows your every need and will take care of you. Each and every day he will supply your needs as you seek his kingdom passionately above all else. Uh, the Amplified Classic Version, just it says, uh, when it talks about anxious cares, it really, I want to just give you a little bit more just so you could say like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, you know, Jesus, help me get rid of that. Nor be of anxious, troubled mind, unsettled, excited, worried, and in suspense. So we get like that typically when things are out of our control. You know, as humans, right, we like to, okay, here's my roadmap. I have this, everything's like controlled. Right, but if if it's not in our control, then we get a little shaky, you know. And I wanna I wanna be able to fix it. I wanna be able to know that it's you know this is gonna come through or that's gonna happen that way. But even if we didn't have a pandemic, even if we didn't have what we have today going on on the earth, the Bible says it's a walk of faith. So I just, I, I, I don't want, I'm sorry if I'm bursting bubbles, but you're if you're sure, that means you're not being stretched and it means you're not really walking in faith. Like you, it's like we sang that song about brave and go out on the waters. Like, that, you know, I'm talking to myself here. This is not, so, so we got to take our worry to prayer. And I'll, I'll tell you, like, th that scripture that I just read from Luke 12, 29, it reminds me of what happened, uh, in the year 2000, when 1999 was turning to the year 2000. I don't know, you know, now how, 
Why, yeah, Y2K. I don't know, you know, may, some of you might be younger and not really have uh, remembered experiencing this, or maybe you saw your parents go through it, you know, gathering food and all kinds of things, because what happened with Y2K is people were sure, or at least some people were sure, that the computers were all going to fail, and, you know, there was going to be no lights, no electricity, not everything was going down. <laughs> <laughs> so just to be prudent, okay, prudent, you know, you just ha you know, I have three young kids. All right, I'm gonna just you know stock up on some extra food, and and then I then I even took some money, and I I wound up got got this is true. I was hiding some money in different closets, in drawers. Then I didn't even remember. <laughs> It was like, oh no, we have to say, you have to have money, you have to have food. Okay, and then it was, then it was the Coleman burners, ha, wh the, the propane burners, the camping ones. Okay, Costco was selling them out. Everybody was buying them. And do you know what happened in January of 2000? The lines at Costco to return those burners. God bless Costco. They took every one of them back. They didn't, they probably lost quite a bit of money on that. And I was one of those people with the extra propane fuel. <laughs> they came in like a six pack. So, so we had that too. It's like, oh. Oh my goodness. Because I, I know there's some things out there now, you know. Just talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. But we, he doesn't want us moving in anxiety and in fear. Okay. Another, we're going to go through another scripture. Luke 22, verse 39 to 42. I, I want you to see that Jesus, as Savior, he kept going to the Lord and praying to his Father. Okay, I'm, I'm going to read this one from the Passion Translation. <clears throat> Jesus left the upper room with his disciples, as was his habit, went to the Mount of Olives, his place of secret prayer. Oh, okay. If he did it, how much more do we need to pull away and have that place of secret prayer? It's, he didn't take all his disciples with him. There's a, there's a time and a place, like, and yeah, I mean, there you get, you know, like, I know when I'm praying with other people, you know, it's like, okay, I feel it. You know, those prayer calls, I love all the Zoom calls, love them. And, uh, th but there's also something that the Lord wants us to do, that secret prayer. Okay, Th there he told the apostles, keep praying for strength to be spared from the severe test of your faith that is about to come. Then he withdrew from them a short distance to be alone. So this is when he pulled away to be alone. Kneeling down, he prayed, Father, if you're willing, take the cup of agony away from me. But no matter what, you, your will must be mine. Oh, my Lord. Okay. Okay. And then jumping down to verse 44, two verses later, he prayed even more passionately like one being sacrificed until he was in such intense agony of spirit that his sweat became drops of blood dripping into the ground. 
When Jesus finished praying, he got up and went to his disciples and found them all asleep. I, I, ha I can't go on. I, because you know what? It's dripping into the ground. The, his, that was a really, that's intense prayer. Like, are we willing to give ourselves over to that intensity? I'm not saying you, you know, it's going to have to be like that, but are you willing to persevere in prayer to get things to shift, to get things to change, not to just keep like settling? There's got to be, he, he's giving us that opportunity, showing us by his own life, are you desperate enough to see that deliverance occur? Okay, um, I'll go back. And when Jesus finished praying, he got up and went to the disciples and found them all asleep, for they were exhausted and overwhelmed with sorrow. And that happens. And he says, why are you sleeping, he asked them. You need to be alert and pray for strength to endure the great temptation. Okay, so fear is on the earth. But we need to pray. We need to watch and pray, be alert and pray. It's the only way we can even see what is the Father doing and then co-labor with him. Okay, Luke 18. Wow. Luke 18, verse 1 through 8. This is a, a pretty famous um, scripture, too, about taking those petitions and being diligent with it. All right, I'll read this one from New King James. Then he spoke a parable to them that men, this is Jesus speaking, men, ought, or men always ought to pray and not lose heart. It's so clear. Prayer is an avenue to get us out of anxiety, out of fear. Okay, and then it says, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her lest she continually comes and wearies me. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man come, will he really find faith on the earth? So if I have faith, I'm going to keep asking. I'm going to keep going to the courts of heaven and saying, God, open up the door. God, avenge this thing. God, change this. Change this. And he's even showing us this as a widow. A widow is considered the one that no one was cared for. And, you know, no one. In fact, isn't it in the book of Acts that they had a fight in the beginning of the book of Acts because they were saying, well, the, the Greek-speaking widows aren't being taken care of and the Jewish ones are and all this thing. They're, no one looked after the widows. And God's saying, even if it's a widow, it'll be taken care of. But will I find faith? It takes 
faith to get up and keep praying and believing and knocking until it opens. I just want to release that over you, the faith to keep knocking, the faith to keep pressing, not to cave in in fear. It's the thing, the word lose heart, do not lose heart. That's, that's the word ekakeo. You don't want to do ekakeo. What for? Don't lose heart. Rise up. Keep believing. Keep fighting. Thank you, Jesus. You're gonna, you will see prayers answered. Get desperate and do unceasing, unceasingly pray. Ha ha. Now, in this world today, they're telling us that we have collective trauma, right? Because of what's going on with COVID, the global situation, um, the race concerns that are coming up in our country. To, to bring things right, there is a collective trauma, a shared trauma. And I, I'm going to read to you some scriptures out of Luke. And I'm going to tell you, this is not the book of Revelation. This is the book of Luke. This is the Gospels. Because <laughs> some people think like, oh, well, that stuff, well, I don't, I don't read Revelation. I don't, I don't want to go there, you know, the end time stuff. But this is, this is in Luke 21. Luke 21, starting from verse 10. Jesus continued, There will be upheavals of every kind. Nations will go to war against each other and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be terrible earthquakes, uh, seismic events of epic proportion resulting in famines in one place or another. There will be horrible plagues. Just throw COVID in there. And epidemics, cataclysmic storms on the earth, and astonishing signs and cosmic disturbances in the heavens. But don't worry. My grace will never desert you or depart from your life. That's verse 18. Okay? Don't worry. It's going to happen. Okay? Life is not this make-believe perfect world. There's going to be these things. This is Luke. <laughs> you know, ah, we don't like to, I don't like to, you know, it's like, I want to have a nice life, I'm, you know. Okay, then verse 26, earthquakes will bring panic and disaster. What men see coming to the earth will cause the fear of doom to grip their hearts. For they will even see the powers of the heavenly realm shaken. And we're going to drop down to verse 34. Be careful that you never allow your hearts to grow cold. Th this is speaking to mature believers. This is not a feel good, everything's going to be okay. Jesus is discipling the people. And this is what he says, remain passionate and free from anxiety and the worries of your life, of this life. Then you will not be caught off guard when these things happen. See, we want to be in control, but he's already telling us things are going to be out of control. The way to walk in peace is to stay abiding in me in prayer, and you will have peace. I won't desert you. I will be there with you. And then he says, the, the last part of verse 34, don't let me come and find you drunk or careless and living like everyone else. 
Now, fear can cause us to, you know, <laughs> just we want to medicate, right? So we, we use alcohol in excess or, you know, and, and or drugs or pornography or things like this, but I don't want anyone to have any condemnation. I want you to know there's hope and there's, there's help. You know, God is not coming. He, this, is, this is to reveal the situation, but there's a way out, okay? You know, you can, I mean, at the end, if you're online, ask for help when you go into your small groups, contact, uh, you know, one of the pastors here. It's info at Life Center NYC, Colt at Life Center NYC, please, Tammy at Life Center NYC, Bill, Juliana, any one of us here, you know, we're happy to help walk you through these situations because they're real. And when fears come and plagues come and, and all the disasters it's talking about, there can be a response from us to help, like, okay, I need to hold on. And they're like, well, I just, you know, I, I, I need, you know, you need, you're looking for something to comfort that might not be the Lord. And we want to help people get out of those things, right? Because there really is help in the Lord. So even with this scripture and the, and the disaster of the, of the uh, plagues that it says, horrible plagues epidemic. So I, I have a story to tell from many years ago, and I'm going to invite someone else to come up and share also testimony as part of this, is um, years ago, you know, we, our background, we all got virally blasted in Toronto, um, the Toronto Renewal. It was really a great time. Sal and Juliana, who are pastors with us here, they ran the youth ministry at our previous church, and they brought, I don't know, flew 70 kids up? Yeah, okay, to Toronto for their youth conference thing, and that was the time of the SARS epidemic. <laughs> so SARS hit Toronto. It had never hit New York. So they flew back on, like, Easter Day or Easter Day. Okay, they flew back Easter Day and Easter morning. <laughs> and um, one of the young ladies <laughs> had an upper respiratory infection and all this kind of thing. So it's <laughs> Tiffany right here. They brought her to the hospital and they quarantined her on the side and think, but you know, they couldn't even test her for SARS because they didn't have the SARS test. They had to wait, you know, get it from wherever, CDC, I don't know. So in the meantime, they let her go home to quarantine at home, but they wanted to come and shut down the, the church, the school, the, the 60 kids, their parents, the whole thing. And so Julianne and I went to crazy prayer. Crazy prayer, not just for, you know, the church community. It started out, like, as very personal because it's a personal need. You start out that way. But then it starts getting bigger, and you start, wait a minute. SARS can't come into this city. We're watchmen on the wall. We say no to SARS even coming in the city. You know, so um, these all things that happen in your life could really be an invitation to take it to prayer and go as far as you want to go with Jesus because he, he wants to find those that would co-labor with him to see things happen. And I, I want Tiffany to come up because Tiffany is an intercessor. I love her. We know her for forever, right? And it's just she was part of the youth group that Sal and Juliana ran. Oh, yeah, yeah. Take that. Yeah, take the mic. Yes. And... Um, 
Yes, the mask can come off here. Thank you, Jesus. It's, a, it's an honor. I mean, it, one of the other really special things, um, I know, I want, you, you should share. Whoa, okay. share. You want me to share the whole experience? The ho the t even for Firestorm, what you felt, that okay. whole thing, you know? Okay. Should I start with Toronto? Yeah, you can, okay. yeah. All right, so um, <laughs> Toronto was a blast, and <laughs> Sal and Juliana um, took a lot of youth, and I was part of their leadership at that time. And I'd been to Toronto before, but I never got touched in Toronto like I did that time. It was the most intense experience I had with the Lord. And... Um, The Lord rocked me, <laughs> and I definitely, you know, you know when you hear the Lord come up here, I came up, mm. so <laughs> um, I, I prophesied over people like I never prophesied before. It was, it was an intense time with the Lord, but I was a new person oh. for sure. Um, so then we got back, and, and you know what? In Toronto, I stepped onto the bus, and almost like I knew immediately when something changed in my atmosphere. And I stepped onto this bus, and I went, whoa, what was that? And then three days later, I had fever. I had 100, 103 fever. I had sores all in my mouth. I couldn't eat or drink. Um, on finally, on the third day, my dad was like, we're taking you to the hospital. And I was just like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to go to the hospital. I don't like the hospitals. Um, so they finally released me after quarantining me for hours because there was really nothing that they could have done. We, we didn't have this here. So they didn't know anything about what was going on. They didn't know SARS. They didn't know how to treat it. They just ran a gazillion tests on me and just sent me home and said, okay, you have to quarantine. And they, were, they wanted me to quarantine for about two months. <laughs> 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 like, okay. <laughs> so um, I, I, I went home and thank God it broke. And I was finally able to have water again and, and drink again and have some insurers. Eating came a little bit later. Um, but I, during that time, I, I wasn't really fearful because of the experience that I had with the Lord right before. And that sustained me mm. in that moment. Mm. So get your history with him. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. So now... For this this great pandemic, yeah, um, I I I didn't want to go to Firestorm, but Sal called me and he was like, "When do I ever tell you to come to Firestorm? When do I ever tell you? I feel like this is the Lord." I'm like, "Okay, okay, I'm gonna come." And the Lord told me, "Because you're obedient, watch and see." So um, so I'm holding on to that now, actually, still. Because I was obedient, watch and see, and I'm waiting on the Lord. So um, I'm sitting in the, the, the conference, and I'm worshiping, and 
oh man, I was getting blessed and I was just feeling his presence and just crying and weeping with him. And all of a sudden this fear took me right out of worship. I mean, it was so gripping. I, I can't even explain to you how it felt. It was paralyzing. And I just quickly came out of worship and dropped to my seat. And I was like, oh, my God, what is this? Why am I feeling this? And I had to first make sure it wasn't me. And after I did, right as he said to me, I knew he was talking about the pandemic. And he said, I will sustain all. And I knew he was talking about the virus because I knew it was coming. He, was, he just always prepares his intercessors. So, um, and, and this was like the end of February of, yeah. this, of 2020. Yeah, this was we before we even knew that there was actually cases in New York and stuff. So like we didn't really know. I mean, people now we know that there were people here that had flu-like symptoms but didn't test positive for the flu. But it wasn't at a great scale. So um, so I was like, okay, Lord. And I just kept on praying, you will sustain all. You will sustain all. Then um, I work at a place where I take care of uh, people with developmental disabilities. I'm their supervisor. So I have a staff of like 19. It's a 24-hour house. And all of a sudden, my staff just started dropping like flies. Just half of my staff were gone. All COVID. And the atmosphere of going into work every day and the fear and the intensity of it all, it became overwhelming and it started invading my atmosphere that I cultivated. And it started invading me. And I went home and I cried because also I was working like 18 hours a day, sometimes trying not to work 24 hours, but sometimes that would happen. Um, so it, it was getting rough, and fear started creeping in, anxiety started creeping in. Is today, am I, I going to have to go in and work another, like, you know, 17 hours? So it started getting intense, and I said to the Lord, I said, okay, God, I know who you are. I know who you are to me. I need a plumb line right now. I need you to anchor me in faith and hope right now. I need to see an end. And then that's when I had that dream that we were here and no social distancing, but we were here. And Bill came up to preach and couldn't because the Holy Spirit just just rested and all that was produced was holy laughter because the joy of the Lord is our strength and I was very much manifesting in my dream <laughs> I landed on a person and we just started hysterically laughing the whole church and we knew it we knew joy as a corporate whole You know, even as you're sharing this, 
I want to just go back to one thing that you said while we were at Firestorm mm -hmm. that you had to check yourself when you yeah. felt that fear come on because I want people to understand to give it language. So like as an intercessor, sometimes you feel atmospheres, yes. you feel environments. Yes. Okay, and then explain like how do you check yourself? Like what does that mean? Yeah. Okay, so I just say, okay God, what's going on in my life and I just say am I I ask him am I okay like with you yeah like yeah. I'm yeah. am I okay <laughs> and even if I don't know if I'm okay because yeah. sometimes he'll show us something that we don't even know that we're going through and we even we have to be so sensitive to him and to to what we're going through or may not even know that we're going through and just always check with him and check in and say okay am, am I okay like you know, a am I okay? And I had to ask those questions, and he said, no, it's not you. I said, okay. So, yeah. So Tiffany's like a seer. She sees things that are going to be happening. I mean, we, you know, and we know her a long time. This is not the first situation like this, but just to know that the Lord told her, I will sustain all. Mm -hmm. And we hold on to these words and these dreams and visions, and I know even on live stream to Yannick and Lisa are hosting today and we know Lisa has also had similar type dreams about when we all can meet together without the social distancing and what is going to happen mm -hmm. and what's going to transpire I mean she saw the seats all moved around like we're all participating in so we hold on to these things and we you like you know we take them to the prayer room and war over these yes. things like yeah yes yes so I hold on to, um, one, that word that he said, watch and see what I do. I hold on to that and that he's going to sustain. I know when he speaks to me and there's nothing that could burn it out of me. So I hold on to that. And I, ha I do that because I know the history that I have with him. I, I get in there and I've, I've cultivated a real personal relationship with him and I know he's good and he's true to his word and he does not go void so just before we close to there's one other scripture that I wanted to share no Tiffany stay right here because this is it's part of it's part of for you it's like in Galatians 419 you know I want to just encourage you all like to rise up as mature believers because there's something here like when you hear a prophetic word over your brother and sister, over your friend, over your loved one, and me, like hearing words through years over Tiffany, that she's called to be a revivalist. I mean, from, pro you know, from prophets out there, real, just, I know what you're supposed to do with those words. It's like my little children for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. And, and even like how Timothy would say, like the, you have to war with these words. I war to see the words happen over Tiffany's life. And others of you in this room that I know. But this is, this is the thing you're supposed to do. Like it's our joy to advance the kingdom by warring for yes. each other's words to come to pass. Okay, so this was like a lot of lessons in one, but <laughs> we just pray that you would anchor your hearts in Jesus and that all that anxiety and fear would be taken to the cross 
now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.